Welcome to the Collecting Confidence Podcast, where we'll explore confidence, what it is, why we need it, how we get it, and how we lose it. I'm John Barrett. Hello and welcome to Collecting Confidence. This is the 18th episode and we're going to be talking to Lauren Glick. But first we're going to talk a little bit about something that's really important, goals. Goals are really important. They give us direction. They let us know what we're trying to do, where we're trying to go. They also show us accomplishments. For those of you that are list makers, checking off those boxes, each one of those boxes is a little goal that you've set. And that shows us that we've made progress because we love to keep score as humans. If you go to a football game, there's a big scoreboard at the end of the field. There's a reason we've built such an in- incredibly large board at the end of the field. We keep track not only of the score, but of which quarter we're in, how much time is left, who has the ball, how many yards there are to go, which down it is, how many timeouts everybody has. We love to keep score of the stats. I think the most humorous stats are the ones during the baseball season. I like baseball, but sometimes I think they go a little overboard when they start digging through the stats and they say that this person has 16 runs batted in in extra inning games after the All-Star break with runners on first and third versus teams with a bird as a mascot. They get a little extreme on those stats. But we like to keep track of things. We put a thermometer on the wall when we're doing a fundraiser. And it's important that we keep track of these things to show our progress because that boosts us up, lets us know that we're doing what we want to do. I think most of us have set goals in our life. I think 52% is what they say, uh, have set a New Year's resolution, which is a goal. And the number one New Year's resolution is to lose weight. The problem is that's not a good goal, losing weight. And the reason is it's not what's called a SMART goal. Now, a SMART goal is using the letters S-M-A-R-T. And there are several variations. The one I like to use is that a SMART goal is specific. Lose weight is not specific. How much weight? 20 pounds? 2 pounds? 2 ounces? 1 violent sneeze and Happy New Year? If we don't specify how much we're hoping to lose, then it's just a binary thing. We either did or didn't lose weight. Make the goal, pause a second, you've lost weight. So we have to set the goals, we have to make them specific in order to make sure that we've achieved them. The second thing is it has to be measurable. We can't say, I want to have the best sales team there is, because that's not measurable. What is that based on? I want you to have a better attitude. That's not measurable. You need to have a measurable goal. The goal also needs to be achievable. If your goal is to be the first person to fly an airplane, it's already been done. You can't achieve it. If you want to lose 200 pounds, that might not be achievable. So it's very important that your goal is specific, measurable, and achievable. It also has to be result-oriented. Sometimes our goal is to get promoted, but that's not a result of something that we do. Someone else promotes us. We can choose to make ourselves favorable for a promotion by doing wonderful things, showing up on time, getting all of our stuff done, no errors, but we can't do the promoting. So to have it be result-oriented, a result of something that we do, is really important. And the last thing is time-bound. You need to have a time on there or else you can never know when it's supposed to be done. It's whenever you decide to do it, and that's not a good goal. I'll give you a hint. Years ago when I was on the cheerleading squad, I weighed in at 185. Right after I got off of the cheerleading squad, I had a lot of extra time on my hands, and I think I hung around in the kitchen because I put on 25 pounds. 
I made a New Year's resolution to lose that 25 pounds, and I'm happy to say that I did not fail because I did not put time on that goal. So that battle still continues. And I'm a procrastinator, so I'll probably lose the weight sometime during the embalming process. But if you don't have time on your goal, if it's not a result of something that you do, if it's not something that's even achievable or measurable, it has to be specific, measurable, achievable, result-oriented, and time-bound. So you might say, I want my sales to be up by 15% by the 4th of July, assuming that 15% is achievable. Making your goals more specific will make them more attainable, will make it easier for you to measure how you're doing. And we're going to talk about goals and a bunch of other stuff with Lauren Glick in just a moment. Stick around. Thanks for listening to the Collecting Confidence Podcast. It's my belief that everyone has experience with confidence, and we either have the trophies or the scars to show for it. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review, or maybe share this with a friend who needs to hear this. If you have suggestions for the show, topics you want covered, or questions you'd like answered, or if you just want to shoot me a line, you can go to the Collecting Confidence Facebook page or contact me directly at collectingconfidence at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to help you. Now let's go collect confidence. All right, joining me right now is Lauren Glick. Lauren is a personal trainer, certified Pilates instructor, and yoga instructor with 10 years of experience as a firefighter in California. Glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me, John. So excited. I am looking forward to today. We're going to talk about a lot about confidence, but I want to know first, what does confidence mean to you? That's interesting you ask that question. I mean, being, it's like, that's my title is like <laughs> confidence expert, especially the feminine confidence expert, because I feel like confidence within men and women are two totally different dynamics. Confidence to me just means because it's usually when people say they are looking for confidence, they're striving for something out in front of them thinking like, oh, I want that confidence that, you know, as me, you know, like that Lauren has. And I really like to challenge people to let them understand that the confidence is already within them and really playing off their own superpowers and not looking at anyone else around them to, what is that word, John? I'm already drawn a blank to compare because comparing is, is a killer, right? Because we all have our superpowers and really relying on those is, is self-confidence to me is knowing your purpose, your inner why, and really driving those forward is confidence to me. Yeah. It's interesting The validating yourself versus letting someone else validate you. A thousand percent. And that comparing, especially with the social media. Now we see so many people enjoying a nice meal or having a nice vacation. And we go, oh, their yeah. life is so much better. Yeah, I know. And that's the thing is that comparison is killer. And I was talking to my coach last night and she was comparing, she was talking about comparison, right? And comparing yourself to others. It's like, we're all born inherently with our special gifts. And if, if I was to give 10 people 
the same paints, the same materials, the same brushes, they would never come up with the same exact thing. So that's how I view self-confidence is really understanding your gifts and your talents and being able to move forward. Because if you compared your painting to the person next to you, even, even though you had the same paints and the same palettes and the same brushes, that comparison is, is killer for sure. Excellent. Well, how would you rate your self-confidence or the journey of your self-confidence if you go back if the current lauren could talk to the younger lauren what advice mm. would you give yourself for that That's journey? so interesting that you say that when i i grew up an empath i was always an artist my great grandmother at a very young age gave me the paintbrush out of all six of us we had four children there was four kids in my family and then two cousins and we we're always together and she was like, you're the artist. So I have always been drawn to the art in my life. I'm an oil painter, a potter, and I do this thing called wire wrapping. So if I was to say, if I was to talk to my younger self and say, hey, like you just, you get to really understand your superpowers. I don't want to say, because I got my self-confidence in a very extreme way. I put myself in a very gnarly situation with being, you know, a city firefighter. And that is what really taught me how to hone in what I know and what I don't know and the power of really understanding my own voice. So if I was to tell myself, oh gosh, that's a hard one. Uh, <laughs> Because it's like, I, I did things the c complete opposite way. And that's how I really do teach women now is to not do it the way I did it. Because self-confidence is all within. And you don't have to go out and be a city firefighter that was rated number one homicide per capita in the United States <laughs> to find that confidence. I would tell myself that the power comes from within. And I don't have to compare myself or even compete to have that self-confidence. How about the dialogue that we have with ourselves, the voices from within? How do we make sure that those voices are telling us what we need to hear, building us up rather than tearing us down or looking at our strengths rather than looking at our faults? How can we focus on that? I think that comes for me, it came from the family dynamic of how we are able as humans to get positive out of any situation or negative out of any situation. And un I don't want to say unfortunately, but it's just the evolution that I was, I'm in a family that usually looks around the negative aspect. And I read this book called The Untethered Soul. And if you've ever heard of that, John, it, it was kind of that aha moment of holy moly, like that voice inside my head, I can change those voices so it's not all negative because we do have the option. It's, it's the same thing as scarcity and abundance of every single moment that's a scarcity moment has abundance in, unraveled in that as well. Yeah, I know the voices within compete with the exterior voices and we sometimes will put ourselves in a position where we're judged and i know that you've been online where you put yourself out there and people can judge you for good or for bad whatever how do we deal with that with uh, what other people say do we just forget about it don't put ourselves in that situation or is it something that we should allow to impact us for sure coming from the perspective of having everyone's word affect me my advice and how i've learned to be able to not let those words impact me anymore so my advice is yes 100 everything somebody says has nothing to do with you it has everything to do with them. Going back to my coach, I, I, I 
going to give her a shout out is she's the owner of Free the Mind Co. And she was talking about being, she lives in Atlanta. She has a really, she just moved from South America, right? She was really good friends with Nelson Mandela. Like she is a very wise woman. And she moved to America three years ago because she got married. Every morning she wakes up or every evening she goes to sleep. She always takes a picture of the sunset. And after looking at the pictures, she's always noticed that the buildings always stand really strong while the weather always changes. Being that really strong building and knowing your worth and knowing your strength and being really grounded in the soil and that strong and who of who you are and not letting the weather change you or waver you at all. I thought that was a very strong analogy and I will always use that from here on out. Good. Yeah. You do a lot of coaching with people as well, correct? Correct. I worked for, when I retired from my city fire department, I also did work for Dean Graciosi and Tony Robbins for about six months. I was a mindset coach for one of their online programs. I do have a lot, and that's that's the thing though, I am a personal trainer and I love movement and I love nutrition. A lot of my programs do have to deal with, I don't know if I necessarily like calling it mindset, but just the inner knowing and the reason why and the purpose, because mm-hmm. the mindset it's, it's because your mind is a computer system and it just retains all the information from the past while we can change all the other variations and understand that we can change what's in that computer in our brain. Right. We're having to take those steps ourselves and do that. And yeah, I, I know that this whole podcast, in fact, came because my mindset was, well, it's a pandemic. It's a global pandemic. I might as well just <laughs> sit here and stare at the walls. Yeah. I was in Toastmasters and they said, why don't you start a podcast as one of the tasks? And I said, OK, Love it. So I did. And a lot of times it's those steps that we take. And I know that you're a big proponent of people taking steps. And on Mm. occasion, you do uh, two songs, five minute movement workouts. So tell me a little bit about that. How'd that start out? Taking those steps forward gains you the confidence. I know we could probably go over this in the future, but I just wanted to say it in case I forget Mm -hmm. that the steps moving forward, even though you're scared, do them anyways, right? Because the confidence doesn't come before you start taking action. The confidence starts after you take those actionable steps. And with that, yes, I do love helping women move. So every Monday through Wednesday on my Instagram, which is the Lauren Glick, we do just two songs in the middle of the day and it's a five minutes total and we just get up and move. Sometimes we do a little bit of mobility but usually it's a high, high vibe, really fun, just getting up and dancing and moving. Thank you for asking, John. Yeah. Well, I've purposely not gone there because it seems so much like exercising and I always try to avoid exercising. (laughs) It's just like you are what you surround yourself with. And if in the middle of the day is where I get pretty stagnant, you know, I forget to get up and move. Literally, that's why I call it get up and move is because I myself forget to get up and move. And that's why I've actually implemented it for myself is to help others do the same. In fact, this last fall, I stopped watching the news because the news just kept bringing me down and there was not a lot of happy news out there between a global pandemic and some other things that were going on. I thought, I just can't handle any more of this. And this Instagram, now I've started to surround myself with people on Instagram. A lot of them are confidence people, motivational trainers, but people who are uplifting. And it's like, wow. And I've just really noticed myself surrounding myself with that has really changed just my whole outlook. How important is that, that environment that we're in? 
I think it's extremely important. I mean, I was in a very toxic environment in my fire department and that's what I became without knowing it. You don't, you're not cognizant of it in the time, but looking back on it, being out for two years, boy, it was, it was not a good environment. still not a good environment for anyone, male or female. Now I surround myself with coaches, not only relationship coaches, communication coaches, higher purpose coaches, and you are, you surround yourself with the networking and purchasing courses to be in those same arenas as those higher, like I, I pay to be in rooms that I'm like, boy, I'm not ready for this, but that's why I enjoy that extra sense of, I don't know if I want to call it knowledge, but you are you surround yourself with. And that's why I love Clubhouse because it is a 24-7 mastermind where you are getting into these groups of people live and you're talking to these coaches that have been doing these things for so long. And I love it when, you know, I need somebody to talk to about a certain subject. And Clubhouse, it's right there at your fingertips. Usually 24-7, I mean, depending on who's running a room at that time. It's like a live, I feel like I'm on, I'm like totally promoting Clubhouse right now. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great source to be around those people. It's hundred percent a thing who you surround yourself is exactly what you become. Excellent. I, I think the other thing where like when I'm doing my seminars, I talk about a GPS, if we had a GPS mm-hmm. for life and it'd be nice if the GPS could say rerouting, but a lot of us don't even have that, that end goal of what we're looking for, where we want to go. And it doesn't help to have a GPS if you don't know where you're going. How important are goals? Oh, goodness gracious. That's such a good point, John, because I, I felt like I was on full blast a couple of years uh, when I first started to become an entrepreneur. You're right. If you don't have a destination point, you're going full blast, but you could be going in the completely opposite direction. So if you don't have goals and not just a huge goal, right? And then reverse engineering them to have smaller goals. So you're on track to get to that final destination is extremely important because Uh, you could be going real fast, but in the wrong direction, who really knows? Well, I think the other thing is you like to have those small wins so that you know that you're making progress. Yes. And if climb the mountain is your goal, but you don't have make a base camp, go to the first plateau, the second plateau, and all those little steps along the way, you want to know that you're making progress rather than, well, day five, and I'm not at the top of the mountain, this is getting depressing. So yes. And that's what I do with my, especially with women in fitness, because I'm not, I do holistic nutrition. So it has nothing to do with all these huge diets and bad, all these like hit workouts. I don't want to say it's a softer side of weight loss, but it's going back to nutrition and getting your micronutrients, which are all those vitamins and minerals and really focusing it on the things that we get to add rather than the lack of. Uh-huh. So I always choose to help all of my clients if it's fitness or if it's in helping somebody find their higher purpose it's always focusing in on what we can add rather than the lack of and what we have to get rid of Mm -hmm. and i think in the same same way with confidence it's not what you can't do like you may or may not be a great singer but it's what can you do are you a good dancer are you a good cook are you a good parent whatever so it's looking for the what we can do rather than what we can't because there's a lot of stuff out there we can't do yes More and more online, we see all these awesome things. I see these people surfing and I go, well, I, I can't surf. And so I, yeah. I feel bad. It's like, it seems pretty easy. I see all these things that I can't do, but it's important to find out what you can do 
get yeah. to know yourself. How much of that getting to know yourself, how important is it for the clients to get to know themselves? So they- oh gosh, that's number one, right? Like people are trying to push business, but it's like, oh girl, like let's slow down a little bit because we don't even know who we are and how we're going to help our clients. The way I choose to run my business is all through storytelling because I think there's a huge power, especially my story of being a firefighter. It's helping those women. And it's not even telling my story. It's walking them through that power within myself. So they gain the confidence within my story. Mm-hmm. John, was that answering your question? Because I feel like I got off topic there. <laughs> well, it's just a lot of people don't know who, who oh, they are that or how they're was wired. The question. Yes. A hundred percent. you really need to know your reason why. And that's what I absolutely love working with women that are not understanding who they even are. And it's like, let's get rid of all this like mess and all this clutter that you think is serving us in life. And let's just take a couple steps back and really understand what makes us happy and keep doing those things. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about that other mess. Well, I'd like to clean it up with them, right? Mm -hmm. And then move forward because you can't really move forward through all that mess. This instance this week, John, when I was like, oh God, I just have to get organized because I can't work unless I am completely organized. And that's just my a personal thing but i know a lot of people are different so i'm definitely on the other side of that where i love clutter i love no oh yes in fact (laughs) my wife and i uh, when we do the myers-briggs which isn't really science it's kind of a step up from a horoscope and two steps left of a ouija board but it gives you a little (laughs) bit of insight on who you are and how you're wired a little bit and so my wife she's very much the Myers-Briggs J where she likes the list. She likes the agenda. She likes everything. And uh, my life is more like a super ball out of a leaf blower. I kind of go wherever, <laughs> do whatever, have a lot of fun. And so the two of us together work well, because yeah. she gets me to whatever it is I need to get to on time. But a lot yeah. of people don't understand how they're wired and they yeah. get into a situation where they're trying to do stuff that's not in their wheelhouse. And so that, mm. that can be a, tr- a problem for them either setting themselves up for a loss or putting themselves where their strengths aren't. You can really lose your confidence that way. Talk to me about mentors and or coaches. How are those helpful? How are those important? For me in my life, like how have they helped me? Honestly, since you were just talking about that, my favorite coach in the world right now, the one that I was talking about, who is from South Africa, who Mm -hmm. is the owner of Free the Mind Co., Her name is Kim Normand. I absolutely think that coaches, being a coach, having a coach is the most important part because if you're not practicing what you preach, you're never done learning. There's so much to know out in the world. Kim learned a lot from Nelson Mandela and he had so much knowledge and she was just passed that down and yet she's still learning every single day. And I think when we stop learning, we start dying even though that sounds kind of morbid John it's it to me it's really true I really 100% believe in coaches I have a group coach actually I have a group coach right now I have a one-on-one coach and then I have a mastermind so I choose to even though it's not formal education a lot of entrepreneurship isn't so I learned from those people that have already done it before me. Okay. And it's really important. Our, the first person that we had on was Jim Zugswert. And Jim yeah. wrote a book on mentoring called Peak ah. Perspective. And in it, he says that guys are wired to say, no, I don't need help. I'll do it myself. Yeah. And you said something about men versus women confidence. Yeah. 
differences without opening a can of worms. Is there yeah. anything about that that you could share? That's so interesting. I mean, as being a firefighter, I could, I, I mean, I was definitely having, I had to rewire how I thought about things. So I understand the male perspective too, because as a firefighter, even if I didn't have a thousand percent dead set, this is the answer. I had to figure it out myself, make sure that I felt good doing it and then move forward. So I do understand the male perspective of that, like the more masculine of like asking for directions, like men don't really like to do that, right? I blame but Moses. He taught yeah. us that you can wander for 40 years and people still follow you. You don't have to ask for directions. And that's the thing. It would be so easy if you were just like, how do I get there? So I do understand both perspectives and I feel as though it would be, it's a lot easier to ask for those directions that people, because I've had a coach who worked on building an online business and she perfected it for 10 years. I paid her a good amount of money to learn exactly how she did it. Um, and I learned that within four months. So it's literally taking decades, 10 years and cramming it into four months because she's been perfecting it for that long. So I think Though you don't have to ask for directions, it just takes those decades into really months. To make it a lot faster. Yes. yes. And that's the thing. It's like, yes, it is faster. And I have a tendency to push, 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 right? But I am also learning that we get to enjoy and not push so much, the anti-hustle. And I do have coaches that do help me with that as well. And that's what I really do love helping women as well. It's like finding their purpose, finding their inner reason why, and knowing that when we find those inner reasons, that's what confidence is. When we really find our true superpowers, we get to move forward from there with ease and flow rather than like a pushing in the wrong direction. A lot of things that I think of with confidence, the opposite of that, I guess, would be fear. And my approach to it always is I know I can walk on a balance beam. I was a gymnast and walking on a balance beam isn't a hard thing. Yeah. But if that balance beam is over the Grand Canyon, suddenly the risk of failing is significantly yeah. more. Mm. People have aversions to doing stuff or lack of confidence to do stuff because of the risks and the fears. How do you deal with that? How do you make it so that you're not afraid to try the things? And some of them aren't as bad as that. Some of them are just, I'm going to wear a different outfit, or yeah. I, I think it's very brave to go anywhere in public in the swimsuit. And so I, you know, how do you, how do you get past that fear? Whoosh, that fear is huge, right? And that's what stops most people from moving forward. The fear of failure is huge. <laughs> I like that, John. And that's the thing is that I really like to tell my clients to fail up because if you're not failing, you're not trying. And if you're not trying, you're not going to any goals. You're sitting in the comfortable because you're scared of the uncomfortable. And if you get in, it's like the only constant is change. And as humans, we don't really like change. It's this huge like push and pull and like, oh God. And if you just start to know that, okay, I could be okay in this comfortable situation that I'm not happy with, but I, and I know I could do more or you could be uncomfortable, be scared and have that uncomfortableness, but you're getting to get a little bit more like if there's excitement and you could take that fear and be like, okay, I'm going to just have courage. So you're just drawing inward. If you're starting to fear that, feel that fear, 
I want you to really sit with yourself and be like, okay, why, why is this coming up? And I could relate this to literally running into burning buildings. I remember my first instructure fire. I remember this was not my first one, but I remember driving. We were literally in route. We were just going up probably on the way home from another call. And I remember we got toned out for a very common place that we always went to medicals. It was actually a big transient street where there was a lot of transients that lived and there were a lot of homes that people built and there was a lot of old hotels. They were vacant that yet people would go inside to take shelter. This one building, it got toned out and we were right around the corner and we were like, and we're like, okay, here we go. This is going to be nothing. But when we pulled around the corner to Cherry Street, there was an actual header, which meant that there was like a huge column of smoke coming out of this vacant building. I'm in the back seat. I'm the only firefighter on the engine. There's usually two of us. I had a senior engineer and a brand new fire captain. And I was a senior firefighter. So I was like, okay, game on, you know? And at that moment, right, fear set in. Not, not fear, but adrenaline set in. If you, so if you take that word fear and you cha- be like, okay, it's a physical change in my body because I know that there are things that could hurt me, just like you were talking about the tightrope across the Grand Canyon. You're like, there are things that I can technically get hurt by. So if you stop thinking outward of what's going on outside of me, right? Literally a burning building, literally walking across the Grand Canyon. If you look inward in yourself and be like, okay, what do I know about this building? You start going over your checklist. Okay, what do I know about this this building? What might be in this building? What I know about structure fires? What I know about this? Where is the closest hydrant? What hose am I going to pull? Do I know what my captain, and that's the thing is like looking outward of like, does my captain know what he's doing? I knew my engineer what he was doing because he's been doing it for a long time. So that fear of this is a new captain. It's like, no, Lauren, do your job of what you know and your reasonings and your purpose and why you're here. We got there. It was like complete chaos, but I absolutely love complete organized chaos. I thrive in it, unfortunately. It was like complete chaos. You know, you're driving to the the fire, throwing all of your gear everywhere. The second we got there, I'm like running out the fire engine. The engineer takes off and we get connected. It was a defensive fire. It was like a four alarm fire, which means our first in alarm was four engines, a truck and a battalion chief. And I was the first one in and this was a four alarm. So it was a pretty flipping hit, huge. It lasted eight or nine hours of straight defensive fire we were just surrounding that building anyways john as you could tell i love talking about this no, that's like, great. oh my god so adre- so much adrenaline but when you stop thinking about what could go wrong just like you were saying john and you start thinking about what i do know and how i could really help figure out this situation and move forward that's where your confidence comes from and that's when you take your fear and you move it into courage And it's challenging because if you've never done that before and you're sitting in the comfortable because it's so comfortable, I really would, I absolutely love challenging women primarily and also men is to just get out of your comfortable little box and really start thinking about what you want. And the only way you find that is from within. 
So to finish up that story as that, that fire of like, here we go. Like I could have thought about my captain. I should, I could have thought about that burning building, which was a pre 1933 building, which is just those bricks that are stacked up with no reinforcements. I could have started thinking about that. But instead of thinking about those negative things, I would be like, okay, we're not going to go in. This is going to be straight defensive because of the preventing those things could go wrong because of my knowledge within. So if you keep looking within and you keep following the path of what I do know, it always gets you to, I don't want to say gets you past fear, but gets you into the courage and the confidence to move forward. And if you had to list the three things that are probably the, the most common occurring fears that your clients have, the things that you see that people are worried about that are holding them back, mm. what are those things? Honestly, it's just that change. They're like, I'm comfortable. That word comfortable is so, so common. They're like, but I know this. But like, what if I, I don't know what I want? That's a huge one. People usually don't know what they want. But trust me, when I retired, I didn't know what the hell I wanted either. And that's why I like to help women do what I did not do, right? And help them with their uncomfortable situation. I'm like, okay, you like it there? That's okay. Like, you're going to stay there. We're not going to totally rattle your cage and move really fast. Like, stay in your job. But we're going to do something fun and new, you know? (laughs) And let's try to see this and see if you like it. And we just go back to what they were like when they were little, what fun things they used to love and go back to those fun times, those happy times, because uncomfortableness, that comfortable and not knowing what people really want is the challenge. As we go out here, what would you offer as one tip for people who either want to gain or maintain their confidence? The only constant is change. So keep moving forward taking actionable steps, getting those goals in line, because you will always have a next step. You will never find that place that's like, it's perfect. (laughs) And that's what people think. There's like this desired location of, I want to be there. But when you're there, there's usually something else that you're not 100% on. So being very present in the moment and understanding that it's evolution of self and knowing that we get to have this life to keep learning, that's where the confidence comes is knowing that life is not perfect, but nobody ever said it was going to be. And so if people are looking for a little coaching, a little words of wisdom, a little inspiration, how can they contact you or find out more about you? I would love to answer that question, John. Um, you can find me at the Lauren Glick, which my last name is spelled G-L-I-C-K on Instagram. And also I have a Facebook group that's called Clubhouse Confidence Club. Mostly I'm on Instagram and there is a link in my bio to find my Facebook group as well. So those are the two places that you can find me. Thank you. Thank you for being here today and thank you for sharing your information with us. Of course, John, it was really fun. Okay, great. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's tip for collecting confidence is to use goals to move past comfortable and thrive at the changes that life brings. This has been the Collecting Confidence Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm John Barrett.